Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Lifelong Podcast. This is episode 46, and I am your host, Heidi Kumjan. Thank you for being here, as always. Today, it's a solo episode, and I'm going to be talking about springtime being the time of the liver, according to traditional Chinese medicine, and then I'm going to be busting the most common non-toxic living myths. So your mind is going to be blown when I go through all of those myths, so definitely stick along to listen to those, and then by the end of the episode, I'm going to close it off with a few Q&As that were submitted to my question box that I posted on the at lifelong underscore pod Instagram page. So definitely be sure to follow along at lifelong underscore pod. And you can also follow my brand page at holistic with Heidi on Instagram. So with that, let's jump right into the episode. I've been fascinated by traditional Chinese medicine for the longest time. Actually, it all started when I was about 15 or 16 years old, teenager, and I started going to a doctor of Chinese medicine to address my panic disorder as well as some other crazy health symptoms that I had going on as a young teenager. So my whole story began by working with a traditional Chinese medical doctor. And to this day, 10 years later, I am so, so impressed and still so enthralled by the philosophies and the modalities of traditional Chinese medicine. According to traditional Chinese medicine, the springtime is the time of the liver. And the liver pertains to a lot of different things energetically and physically within our body. But according to Chinese medicine, the liver relates to symptoms and emotions like anger, frustration, maybe tension, maybe acne or digestive upset, things like that. So a lot of times when the spring rolls around, people have an influx of some of these liver symptoms. So the spring, the liver, and our emotions, they all go hand in hand. So this time of year, you might be feeling a little more irritated or pressured than normal and know that this is normal. This is really just transitioning into a new season, the season of the liver. You know how this time of year everyone is doing their spring cleaning? Well, it's a perfect time for that because our bodies at this time of year also are craving spring cleaning. So they're going to be working extra hard. Things are going to be stirred up in our liver. Our liver is our main detox organ. And so when spring's coming around, you're wanting to clean, you're wanting to detox your home, and also your body is just really urging to detox itself as well. So like I said, you can experience some of these increase in symptoms around indigestion, bloating, acne, allergies, frustration, emotional pain, and things like that. So I wanted to share some of the best ways to support your liver this time of year because this is the most important time of year to support your liver. Of course, supporting the liver is something I advocate for on a daily basis, a regular basis, but again, because this time of year, 
is associated with the liver, it's going to need the extra TLC. So some ways to support your liver this time of year include moving your body. Even stretching is so wonderful because our our fascia, which is the connective tissue around our muscles, the fascia holds tension and also it holds stuck emotions. So anything to get that fascia loose and moving is one of the best things we can do for tension and emotions. So you'll actually notice maybe you go and get a massage and after that massage, a bunch of emotions are coming up. Just know that this is a beautiful thing that's occurring and it's a relief. Your body is ridding itself of things that have been stored as tension in the fascia. And there's a whole world in science to all this. I really recommend reading the book, The Body Keeps the Score by Dr. Vanderkolk, Bessel Vanderkolk. And then also I have a podcast episode with Stop Chasing Pain, Dr. Perry Nicholson, who talks about this very eloquently. So that is the first thing, moving your body, including stretching. Another thing you can do is to support your liver with liver-supporting herbs. A blend that I really like taking right now is the Peace Love Hormones Bitters, which is a bitter tincture that you take before you eat. And I really like it because the bitters encourage bile flow and bile production. And bile is what binds to toxins. So essentially, it helps our liver do its job better. And then it also ensures that those toxins are getting out of the body, which relieves all of those detox organs. So Peace Love Hormones Bitters. I'll link those in the show notes. And then I also really love NAC. There's other, you know, individual herbs you can take like milk thistle. There are so many things. I encourage you to do your own research, but I did want to share three that I love rather. The next thing on the list is to increase your bitter greens intake. So like bitter herbs, there are bitter foods that do the same by increasing that bile production, stimulating, you know, benefiting your gut health and your liver, which in turn benefits your whole entire body because your detox pathways are open. So some of those bitter greens include dandelion greens, arugula, broccoli rab, a lot of different options here. Personally, I love arugula. I love the bite, the kind of spicy, bitter taste it has. And I love knowing that it's supporting my liver at the same time. Another thing you can do is clean your home this time of year because energetically that frees us. When we start looking at our home as an extension of our body, it's kind of beautiful what can change just within your body just by changing your internal, you know, physical environment around you. So consider spring cleaning your home and see how that affects you energetically. The next one on the list is making sure that you're pooping at least twice a day. I'd say two to three times a day is ideal. This is because our colon and pooping is a major detox pathway, ensuring that these toxins are getting out of our body. So similar to the whole bitter concept, the bile concept of making sure that detox pathway is open, when we do that, when we're pooping, when everything is getting out, it's freeing our body. It's opening up space for relief and it's allowing our liver to work not as intensely. So finding ways to poop daily is a really good thing. It's not a glamorous thing, but it's a great thing to do. 
And then lastly, you can consider trying acupressure massage. There's actually different acupressure points that pertain to different meridians, different organs, things like that. One that I love for the liver is it's called the Tai Chong point. And this point, if you want to take your foot out, it's actually the point on top of the foot where the big toe bone meets the second toe bone. So it's kind of that V and you can start feeling around in there. And once you feel a little zing or a little bit of pain, you'll know you're on the right spot. And again, this is a liver point. So just by massaging this daily, or maybe when you're frustrated, or maybe when you're experiencing some of these liver symptoms like acne or indigestion or bloating or allergies, pull out your foot and start massaging that point. I mean, this is ancient, ancient medicine of these meridian systems within our body. So doing acupressure massages on those liver points, such as the Tai Chong point that I just mentioned, will benefit your liver immensely. All right, guys, it's time to bust some non-toxic living myths. Myth number one, non-toxic living is expensive. Okay, the reality is there are some non-toxic products that cost more than their toxic counterparts. The reality is that there are many affordable options available, such as buying in bulk, making your own cleaning products, tossing the toxins. A lot of times when we start getting rid of these products that we don't need, simplifying our life, we're spending less money. When you're not buying the dryer sheets, when you're not buying the air freshener, when you're not buying the 12-step skincare routine and you're simplifying it down to reduce your toxic exposures, you're actually spending a lot less. And of course, I do want to acknowledge that there are products such as a non-toxic toothpaste compared to a toxic toothpaste that likely does cost a little bit more, although a lot of times it's not much more than you would expect. That happens, but the reality is there are a lot of ways we can save money, and I find that blaming something as being expensive is an excuse. However, I do understand it is a real pain point for people, and I've been trying to simplify this and make it easier and make non-toxic living accessible for all through my free podcast and other resources. But the reality is it doesn't have to be expensive. Research has also shown that transitioning to a non-toxic lifestyle can cost less over time. And this was actually conducted by the environmental working group that found that a family of four could save an average of $1,000 per year by switching to non-toxic products. So again, by making your own products, by buying in bulk, by going minimalist, by tossing the toxins, things like that, you can actually save money. And a lot of times the products that you're buying that are non-toxic, they're better quality and they last longer. For example, buying, you know, non-toxic clothing. Yes, the cashmere sweater is going to cost more than a polyester sweater from Zara. Again, no shame there because I, I do own toxic apparel items, but the reality is what's going to last longer? The cashmere sweater you'll have for a lifetime, whereas the polyester and fast fashion pieces don't last long and they just end up in the landfill. So, you know, starting to think about things as an investment, as quality pieces instead of the consumerism approach that is so ingrained in our society. 
So myth number one, non-toxic living is expensive, is completely busted. Myth number two, I love this one. Okay, so it's non-toxic products aren't as effective. Of course this is busted. Many non-toxic products are just as effective, if not more so than their toxic counterparts. For example, using vinegar and baking soda can be just as effective at cleaning as harsh chemical cleaners. And we need to think about what happened with the industrial and chemical revolution. You know, all of these chemicals and things like that are relatively new in this grand scheme of time. For thousands of years, people got by just fine using natural options for cleaning, using the sun to disinfect, using vinegar to clean, using baking soda to whiten things, and people got along just fine. But when the Industrial Revolution came along, these people realized they could make a lot of money by synthesizing chemical synthesizing chemical products based off of natural products. So that's not to say that there are some chemicals that work fantastic at cleaning. I'm sure that is the case. However, it's not the only option. There are so many ways we can use non-toxic products in the most effective ways, and I rave about Branch Basics all the time. Honestly, there's no promotion going on here. I'm not paid to share any of this. I truly am just the biggest fan of Branch Basics because I love their vision and their mission of supporting human health through non-toxic is is so effective from them. And they're just one brand and that's just one category of cleaning. So, you know, some people might think, well, a non-toxic sunscreen might not work as well or a non-toxic serum, face serum might not work as well. And this just isn't the case. Again, think about for how many eons of time that people were using natural and non-toxic products for skincare, for cleaning products, for their clothing, for literally every aspect of their life. And we just live in this world of, of consumerism and industrialization where we're told that we need to buy the 12-step skincare with all these different products that are made from chemicals that the companies are making a crap ton of money off of. And it's really not the case. So once you get into this lifestyle and you start upgrading your products and tossing the toxins, it becomes the most beautiful butterfly in the sense that you're going to be flying and blossoming through this lifestyle because it becomes so motivating and you see how your life changes. So going down a little bit of a a tangent here, but non-toxic products aren't as effective. That's busted. Okay, myth number three. For the best results, you need to throw out all toxic products. Busted! While it's a good idea to gradually transition out non-toxic products, it's not necessary to throw out all toxic products at once. Once you use up what you have, I would recommend replacing those items as you run out or completely ditching them for those categories of things that you don't need. This can help reduce waste and also save money. And then also, if you try to do this all at once, which there's no shame, if you want to do that, go right ahead. But I often advocate for a slower step-by-step approach because it's more sustainable in the long run. It's more attainable. It's easier to do. A lot of times, some people 
have this mindset of, oh, I need to just throw everything out. I need to go all in, all at once. And you know what happens? What happens a month from then? They're so overwhelmed and so tired and they go back to their old ways. So really, really the best thing you can do is ease into this lifestyle, upgrade your products, one product at a time, one category at a time, have grace with yourself. There is so much unlearning that has to occur. And yeah, I just wanted to say that that myth is busted. Myth number four, all natural products are non-toxic. Busted. Obviously, well, natural has become such a, a buzz term, a greenwash term that we really have to be mindful of. Just because something says it's natural does not mean it's safe for humans or non-toxic. A lot of times brands slap this onto their label to get people to buy it. Again, just a marketing strategy here. And the situation is if, I guess let's put it this way. If there is a product that that truly is natural and it's not just greenwashed, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is non-toxic. And this is where the toxin education becomes really important in understanding the different chemicals and being able to read labels because people are going to be out there saying, oh, well, natural isn't good because arsenic is natural and it's toxic or heavy metals are natural and fluoride is natural, but it's toxic. So again, it's really, I know it's complicated, but it, it doesn't have to be. I'm trying to make this easier for all of you. The best thing I can encourage you all to do is try to understand toxins as much as possible and try to be really aware of the products you're buying, spotting out greenwashing. You know, don't just buy a product because there's a leaf on it or it says natural or it says green or it says eco-friendly. Flip it over and start reading those ingredients. Ingredients are what matter. And if you're confused about all of this, which it is hecka confusing, I would definitely recommend finding people like myself in this corner of the internet that offer resources that make it easier to shop smarter and healthier. And I have guides on my website that you can purchase that are also free. I also have a plethora of information on my Instagram at Holistic with Heidi as well as at lifelong underscore pod that that really make it easier for you because this is it is a tricky process and you don't have to go at this alone. So utilize resources, people like myself that have done the research, that have done the groundwork to find the brands, to find the products that that are non-toxic, that are good, that are safe for adults and kiddos and babies and dogs and cats and, and all the things. So again, definitely check out my resources on my website and on my Instagram. All right, myth number five, last myth of the day. Non-toxic living is only beneficial for pregnant mothers. Oh, that is busted. How could that even be true? It's wild. I, I think that people become aware of non-toxic living when they're pregnant because they are growing a literal baby in the womb and they are realizing that there are chemicals and things in our world that would literally get through the mama to the baby and alter their development. And I think it's a good kind of gateway for people to get into non-toxic living, but 
if the fact that these chemicals can alter the development of a baby inside of a mother's womb, wouldn't you think that they're affecting the adults or the human as the other human as well? You know, it's wild. And this just really, I guess, triggers me in a way because I advocate for non-toxic living for everyone. Non-toxic living is beneficial for everyone and, you know, not just pregnant mothers because exposure to toxic chemicals can have long-term effects on our health, making it important for everyone regardless of their age. And a study published in the journal Environmental Health Perspectives found that reducing exposure to toxic chemicals can lead to improved health outcomes, including reduced risk of asthma and cancer. And additionally, this lifestyle has positive environmental impacts, such as reducing air and water pollution and and all the things. So it really is a lifestyle that benefits all humans, all forms of life, and even the earth. So non-toxic living is so important for everyone. Of course, it's more important for those in critical development windows, like babies growing in the the womb or kiddos developing or kids going through puberty or women going through menopause. You know, there's these different critical windows in humans' lives. But also, all of the other years in between those critical windows are also so important. And why would we want to expose ourselves to chemicals that there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of studies showing how dangerous a lot of these chemicals are on our hormones, on cancer, on, you know, causing cancer, on respiratory and neurological problems. I mean, everyone benefits from a non-toxic lifestyle. Everyone. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made, ever made in my life. And I encourage you all to keep striving to live the lowest, most non-toxic life as possible. You won't regret it. Now it's time for some live questions and answers. So I haven't looked at these yet. I'm pulling them up on my Instagram app as we speak. I'm going to read three of them. I like answering three questions. If you guys want me to do a more in-depth episode with tons of questions, maybe I can do one episode that's all questions and answers. But for now, I'm going to answer three questions. And the ones that I am seeing now, It the first one is, what is your go-to dinner lately? And you think about this. Quite honestly, I am a creature of habit but I also go through little phases. So for example, certain times of year, I'll be really into doing Mediterranean bowls, which for that, I like to do Turkish chicken grilled and like this amazing marinade that I can link in the show notes. And then I'll do it with like beets and cucumber and turmeric rice and arugula. And then I'll top it with hummus and tahini and maybe some hot sauce. So like that's a phase I usually have in the warmer months. During the colder months, I crave a lot of meats, like red meats and things like that. So I love a grass-fed steak. My favorite carb right now are Japanese sweet potatoes, which for that, I literally just bake it in some foil. I know foil's not the best. It's really not great, but it helps bake the potato the best way. So 
I'm going to find a non-toxic alternative for that soon. But I bake it in some foil, coconut oil, and some real salt. And then I take it out and then I serve it, cut it in half and serve it with a little bit of maple syrup and some coconut aminos. And it is the most delectable thing I've ever tasted. I'm addicted to this right now. So some meat and Japanese sweet potato. But basically, yeah, I just kind of go through phases and, you know, I'll have like turkey burger phases or chicken thigh phases. And honestly, it's not that I would eat, you know, turkey burgers every single day or steak every single day. I just definitely get in these moods where I'm like, I realize I'm making turkey burgers a lot or I realize I'm eating steak a lot or I realize I want Mediterranean bowls a lot. But yeah, those are just some of my my favorites. The next question is, what air purifier is your favorite? Okay, so I would definitely say listen to my previous episode, episode 45 with T. Fortin Barnes. And that whole episode is about having clean air and the importance of it all. And we talk about some air purifiers in that episode. But my favorite one, which I don't even have, is the Austin Air. It just has all the best research, third-party testing. It works the best. Other good brands are Air Doctor. And then honestly, for a more affordable option is the Honeywell. And yeah, check those out. So it's in summary, the Austin Air, the Air Doctor, and the Honeywell. All right, last question. Which area would you prioritize when it comes to non-toxic living? Okay, so with that, I think they just mean non-toxic living in general. I would prioritize what is, you know, touching your skin the most or what area you're in the most. So, for example, when it comes to the home, like creating a non-toxic home, 100% start with the bedroom. Go from the ground up. Literally, mattress, bedding, pillows, duvet, furniture, you know, air purifier, air purifying plants, non-toxic cleaners, and like go from there, but slowly upgrade. But I would say prioritize the bedroom and I would definitely invest in a non-toxic mattress as soon as possible because the toxins within regular mattresses are scary and we spend a third of our life there. So those are all. That's the questions for today. I really appreciate you all listening to this solo episode. I'll be back with you all next week for another episode, new episodes every Friday. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you all and see you next week. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week.